Here it is. From deep inside your audio device of choice. Sometimes he's loud. What can I do? What can I? What can I say? Sometimes he's loud. Uh, well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm. I'm. Uh, I. I really was just outside, and it's so hot in New Orleans today. They issued a heat advisory, and said you got to go and you really should stay inside. So I, I came in here. I might as well do a radio show. What the hell? I wasn't. You know. I just came in for the air conditioning, really. But as long as I'm here, ladies and gentlemen, um, Joe Biden, who will be in the Apologies of the Week segment later in this broadcast, uh, gave <laughs> gave an interview to uh, CNN on Friday. And it was there we learned the um, his go-to verbal posture in combat, which, of course, he'll be in for as long as he stays in the presidential campaign. And uh, I'm going to share with you today, just so you're aware of it. And I, and I want to say at the beginning, this uh, excerpt from that interview with Chris Cuomo was uh, edited for time, but it was not edited to change any meanings. So there are sentences that appear to end. They really did end. Exactly that way. So here's uh, Joe Biden. First of all, he's asked. He does a, a fairly long explanation to Chris Cuomo, son of Mario, brother of Andrew, uh, uh, explanation of uh, his position on busing and busing and, and busing. And then Chris Cuomo says, well, why didn't you do that during the debate? Well, we never had a place where you have 30 seconds, man. What I did want to do is get in that scrum. Do you think the American public looked at that debate? Take me out of it. And thought, boy, I really, I really like the way that's being conducted. They're really showing themselves to do really well. Come on, man. But they're, they're going to come after you. Here's the deal. What I do know, and it's the good and the bad news, the American people think they know me, and they know me. Did you rewatch the debate? No, I didn't. Why not? Well, I didn't have an opportunity to rewatch it. And besides, uh, you know, my measure is how people react outside, getting on a train, getting on a plane, walking through an airport walking in a parade, uh, just going to the grocery store. I, I, I got no sense. I really mean it. No sense. Here's the tough question for Democrats. They need a warrior, okay? How can Democrats have confidence that you can take on the biggest and the baddest when you're having trouble sparring in party? I don't think I'm having trouble sparring. It's how you want to spar. Look, it's ironic. I've never been accused of being not being able to spar. I've been accused of being too aggressive but the, but the game has changed well and you think that what's happening with harris is anything compared to what would happen with you in this no president? but everybody knows who this guy is come on man come on nothing about him oh. worries you oh yeah well, sure it worries me in the sense that i'm looking forward to this man you walk behind me in a debate come here man he's the bully used to make fun when i was a kid in a stutter and i smacked him in the mouth look this is not but that, they, I think the American people want a, a president who has some dignity. He's threatening NATO to pull out of NATO. He, I mean, come on. He says he's gotten NATO to give in more oh, money for their defense because of his tactics. Oh, come on, man. So here's, here's what we uh, continued on to something else. Here's um, what we know. Donald Trump has got to be scared today. 
No, no, not of Joe Biden saying, come on, man, during a debate. No, he's got to be scared of uh, Jeffrey Epstein taking singing lessons today. Hello, welcome to the show. Você me surgiu Eu quis fugir, mas você insistiu Alguma coisa bem que andava me avisando Até parece que eu estava adivinhando eu Bem que não queria me casar contigo Bem que não queria enfrentar este perigo Doralice, agora você tem que me dizer Como é que nós vamos fazer From New Orleans, Louisiana, where it's, it's uh, you, you got to be inside. It's just all there is to it. I'm Harry Shearer. Welcome you to this edition of the show. And now, speaking of hot, news of our friend the Adam. He's always hot. Clean, safe, too cheap to meet. Safe, cheap, too cheap to meet. Cheap, safe, too safe to meet. Safe, safe, too safe. Okay, here's a a, a a dogged attempt, a a, um, a heartfelt attempt at um, trying to deal with the problem of how you uh, place the sites of um, new nuclear plants, assuming that's going to happen, assuming that's ever going to happen again. This is from the uh, IAEA, the International Atomic Energy Agency. 
Opinion research and public surveys on nuclear power can help countries shape their strategies for involving and communicating with a wide range of stakeholders. Understanding stakeholders' opinions, awareness, and knowledge on nuclear power is a crucial component for decision-making and, indeed, for the success of a nuclear power program. That's from the uh, 29 member states, 47 experts convened in Vienna last month for the technical meeting on stakeholder involvement and communication for new and expanding nuclear power programs. That was the name of the thing. The IAEA recognizes stakeholder involvement as one of the key areas for a successful program. Continuous open, transparent, and fact-based communication and dialogue with society at large, says the Deputy Director General of the IAEA. Uh, Presenters and participants underscored the benefits of conducting periodic research through surveys, focus groups, and other mechanisms. Sandy Wilkes, from a U.S. company with 40 years of experience in the United States in public surveys on nuclear topics, provided tips for public opinion research on it. It's surprising, said Wilkes, Sandy, it's a Ms., how often there is a disconnect between the very knowledgeable, passionate nuclear scientist and the general public or other stakeholders whom we're trying to reach with our messages. Public opinion polls are very important for us, said uh, representative of Poland's investor company in its new nuclear power plant project. It's valuable for us to know what people think about their own knowledge of nuclear power. <laughs> what do you think you know? Because based on these polls, we evaluate and build our communication strategy. Jordan, developing a nuclear power program, active in increasing public awareness and involving a variety of stakeholders, like journalists, business people, high school students. A national survey was conducted three years ago on the status, knowledge, and perception of the Jordanian society on our nuclear power program. We've used the results to inform our, strat our communication strategy. Okay, public opinion, that's the key. Public opinion surveying. More more surveys. Two reactors at the Hunterson B nuclear power plant near Androsen in uh, Scotland are 43 years old, the oldest in Europe. They're already well beyond their operating lifetimes, which have been twice extended by EDF Energy. They're scheduled to close down for good in four years. However, there's a serious safety fault in the reactors. Keyway root cracking. That's where the graphite moderator, wasn't that at the uh, first Democratic debate, a graphite moderator? No, where the graphite moderator cores in the reactors developed cracks leading to instabilities that could lead to a major nuclear accident, which would lead to a large swath of Scotland's central belt having to be evacuated. Well, the English did, oh, the reactors have been closed since last October as a result. The owners are currently making a case for turning them back on with the help of the trade union. This according to Edinburgh Live. The d director of the station, Colin Weir, said nuclear safety is our overriding priority. Reactor 3 has been off for the years, so we can do further inspections. We have to demonstrate the reactor will always shut down, and it will shut down in an extreme seismic event, he says. Well, there aren't any... Oh. The operational limit for the latest period of operation with th was 350 cracks. That allowance had been exceeded, according to an inspection. Now, the operator of the plant plans to ask the regulator... For more strength, no, for permission to restart with a new operational limit of up to 700 cracks. Let's double the crack limit. It worked in the 80s. Researchers have discovered a high level of radiation in giant clams 
<laughs> near a new U.S. nuclear dump site. That's how they got that way. They were ba- baby cl- near a U.S. nuclear dump site in the Marshall Islands, according to the U- L.A. Times. There's an L.A. Times? The disclosure was made during a Department of Energy presentation to local residents. That would be in the Marshall Islands, not in L.A., uh, last month. Actually, now, month before last. While reporters from the Times were not present at the event, they interviewed several people who were there and recounted the program. The giant clams are in the waters off Inuitok Atoll, which is better known to locals as no, the uh, home of Runit Dome, better known as the tomb by locals, a UFO-shaped concrete dome covering a crater some 377 feet wide, built in 1979 to hold radioactive waste from the 44 nuclear tests the U.S. conducted in that area between 1946 and 48. The Marshall Islands was ground zero for the U.S. nuclear program. Hope you're enjoying your hot home. Scientists and residents alike have been warning for years that rising seas could cause the 11,000 cubic yards of nuclear waste buried underneath the dome to leak into surrounding waters. What ro- local residents said a scientist with the Department of Energy told them the radiation in the clams was not from the dome, but rather residue that was released at the time of the tests. But local officials aren't buying that explanation, citing the fact that the dome rises and falls with the tide. Residents were allowed to return home in 1980. Hey, it all blew over. The dome is of concern because it was never intended to be a permanent site. Sound familiar? A 2013 study of the dome concluded it was susceptible to rising tides, and the potential does exist for contaminated groundwater from the dome to flow into the nearby subsurface marine environment. The report noted the amount of radioactive fallout already in the nearby ocean was higher than that contained in the dome. So, concluding that the dump wouldn't necessarily lead to... uh, any significant change in the radiation dose delivered. Marshall Islanders agree the damage has already been done, but they don't want it to get any worse. Well, why would they, really, when you stop to think about it? But don't stop to think about it. you got better things to do than that. So now other stuff in the nuclear area also in the, in the ocean. France has officially acknowledged something that uh, has not until now been officially acknowledged. Ah, the French. Yes. They've acknowledged for the first time that French Polynesians were effectively forced into accepting nearly 200 nuclear tests over a 30-year period and that France is responsible for compensating them for the illnesses caused by the fallout. This is from the Telegraph. French Parliament issued the much-awaited admission in a bill reforming the status of the 118 islands in the South Pacific. Uh, The change, according to Parliament, should make it easier for the local population to request compensation for cancer and other illnesses linked to radioactivity. Almost 200 nuclear tests from 1966 to 96 around the islands, including Bora Bora and Tahiti, Charles de Gaulle, and subsequent presidents thanked French Polynesians for their role in assuring the grandeur of France by allowing it to conduct the tests. That's like the people on the airplane when they've kept you uh, waiting without explanation and then come out and, and thank you for your patience. Like, what, do you, what are you supposed to do? What alternative? It's not patience when, you have, when you're <laughs> being held hostage. U.S. Cold War-era nuclear tests did uh, force the evacuation. And, and we talk, as we mentioned, 
But now U.N. Secretary General Antonio Guterres has highlighted concerns that that dome is leaking radioactive material. So he's coming on board with that same concern. Maybe don't swim in the uh, western southern Pacific. How about that for a suggestion? Clean, cheap, safe. Too, uh, too clean to swim in. Our friend, the Adam. Now, ladies and gentlemen, um, some news about microplastics. One of uh, Australia's lead marine research scientists says it's a big surprise to find so many microfibers in the ecosystem of the Great Barrier Reef. Well, that's what makes it great. Oh, Dr. Frederica Kroon from the Australian Institute of Marine Science found widespread contamination of the reef. More than 80% of the samples analyzed contaminated by microfibers. I was surprised. When we first started the research, I thought it would be like finding a needle in a haystack, Dr. Kroon said. Now, trying to find a haystack. The Great Barrier Reef is so remote, I thought it might be a little protected, but almost all the fish we tested were contaminated, 57 out of 60. And the study was conducted in 2016, but just recently released, like a week and a half ago. Dr. Kroon and her teams collected 22 surface water samples and 60 lemon damselfish, several locations, on and offshore. As she said, 57 of the 60 lemon dam- damselfish had micro debris in their uh, tummies. A total of 455 marine micro debris items were detected. Same for the surface water samples. Debris connect- detected in all 22 of the surface water samples. More than half the items collected contained synthetic polymers, polyester and nylon most abundant. Hey, gals, come on now. The most significant finding, I think, is that we found more microfibers than microplastics, which sounds somatic, but it's important, says Dr. Kroon. So that's uh, microfibers is like stuff that comes out from your clothes in the wash. It all comes out in the wash. More than 80% of the sample contained microfibers. Scientists are looking at the possibility the fish may be avoiding or preferring microfibers of certain colors, possibly mistaking them for their natural food source. We heard this about corals last week. The most abundant colors of marine micro-debris items were black, blue, white, and red. Red, white, and blue. They're patriotic damselfish. Who wouldn't go for that? Previous research suggests that sewage effluent discharges are the main contributor to marine microfiber contamination. They appear to be fragments resulting from the breakdown of larger items. Furnishing, textiles, clothing, and packaging materials. Break down with the waves and turn into microparticles. One word, ladies and gentlemen. Just one word. Microplastics. Well, it's uh, still still pretty... Uh, toasty outside, so I'm going to stay in and continue with the show. And that brings up News of the Warm, won't you? Soft listen to the warm We can listen to the warm Hey, here's good news. Large parts of Asian Russia could become habitable 
by the late century due to climate change. Let's all move to Siberia. Come on. Can you believe the bargains? Flip those houses, babe. A study team from the Krasnoyarsk Federal Research Center in Russia and an Institute of Aerospace in the United States used current and predicted climate scenarios to examine the climate comfort of Asian Russia, publishing their results in environmental research letters. That area east of the Urals, towards the Pacific, east of the Urals and west of the moon, accounts for 77% of Russia's land area, but the population is just 27% of the country's people. Concentrate along the uh, forest steppe in the south. Don't step in the forest. What do you... Previous human migrations have been associated with climate change as civilizations developed technology that enabled them to adapt. Humans became less reliant on the environment, particularly in terms of climate, says the study's lead author. Their analysis, the team used a combination of 20 general circulation models, don't even ask, under one of them. By the 2080s, Asian Russia would have a milder climate, less permafrost, even under the uh, most optimistic scenario, the uh, human sustainability index would improve in more than 15% of the area, which would allow for a five-fold increase in the capacity of the territory to sustain and become attractive to human populations. Attractive. Siberia. Stalin is rolling over in Lenin's tomb, is what I... Whole ecosystems are shifting dramatically north in the Great Plains of the United States. That's likely linked to human influences, such as climate change, says a new research study from University of Nebraska and Lincoln. It, had, it analyzed nearly 50 years' worth of data on buried distributions. The northernmost ecosystem boundary shifted more than 365 miles north. The southern boundary moved about 160 miles up. This could uh, inform the development, according to phys.org, of an early warning system that would give land managers or man managers decades to prepare for ecosystem shift or collapse allowing them to accommodate or foster the change rather than simply reacting, according to the researchers. Early warning is an emerging goal in ecology. The team's new study, published in the journal Nature Climate Change, managed to quantify the spatial component of um, ecosystem movement for the first time. If we can work toward prevention of changes, we're going to save ourselves so much money and time, said the lead author. We won't have to worry about specific endangered species, perhaps, because we will be protecting the system they require. All right. We'll see how that goes. Meantime, in a peer-reviewed study, researchers identified more than 100 million hectares. One of these days, I'm going to look up a hectare of lost lowland tropical rainforests. Those would-be restoration hotspots spread out across Central and South America, Africa, and Southeast Asia. They present the most compelling opportunities for restoration to overcome rising global temperatures, water pollution, and shortages, and the extinction of plant and animal life. Restoration hotspots, mainly for reforestation, you see. Brazil, Indonesia, Madagascar, India, and Colombia have the largest accumulated area of restoration hotspots. You just keep calling them hotspots, kids are going to bring some dance music, and flock. Restoring tropical forests is fundamental to the planet's health now and for generations to come, says the lead author of the study. He comes from the University of Sao Paulo in Brazil, where they're actively deforesting the Amazon as we speak. Well, as I speak, you, I don't know what you're doing. 
You're indoors, I hope. For the first time, our study helps governments, investors, and others seeking to restore global tropical moist forests to determine precise locations where restoring forests is most viable, enduring, and beneficial. Restoring forests is a must-do, and it's doable, said the lead author. Twelve author study appeared in the journal Science Advances. They used high-resolution satellite imagery and the latest peer-reviewed research on four forest benefits, biodiversity, climate change mitigation, climate change adaptation, and water security, as well as three aspects of the effort at restoration, cost, investment, risk, and the likelihood of restored forests surviving into the future to assess and score all tropical lands worldwide. Restoration hotspots are those lands that scored in the top 10%. Restoring them would be the most beneficial and the least costly and risky. Least costly and least risky. The data now exists to show that if the right species of trees are planted in the right soil types across the planet, the emerging forests could capture 205 gigatons of carbon dioxide in the next 40 to 100 years, according to Scientific American. That's two-thirds of all the CO2 humans have generated since the Industrial Revolution. We plant all those trees. We've got to get busy doing more emitting. Forest restoration is by far our most powerful planetary solution today, says Tom Crowther. He's a professor of global ecosystem ecology uh, at the Swiss Federal Institute of Tech in Zurich. He authored the study published in Science that generated that eye-opening number and analyzed all this uh, f- satellite photo stuff and uh, generated a detailed map of how many trees the earth could naturally support. So there's 0.9 billion hectares that could be forested but have not been. If those spaces were filled with trees that already flourish nearby, the new growth could store 205 gigatons of carbon dioxide by the time the forests mature. Well, let's plant trees, everybody. (laughs) Make, Make your own home a reforestation hotspot, won't you? And now. More data. More data. We need more data. Come on. More data. More data. Huh? Get some data for me. More data. More data. More data. We need more. More. <laughs> Facial recognition technology trailed by the trial, sorry, tested by the London Metropolitan Police is highly inaccurate. And its deployment is likely to be found unlawful if challenged in court. Aside from that, Mrs. Lincoln, it's a good idea. This is um, the conclusion of researchers from uh, Human Rights Big Data and Technology Project at the University of Essex. They identified significant flaws with the way the facial recognition, live facial recognition technology, LFR, has been tested in London by the Metropolitan Police. So far, the Met, not the Opera, Metropolitan Police in London, has used the controversial technology on 10 separate occasions in the last three years, including twice at Notting Hill Carnival. Just another reason. In May, the Met fined a man for covering his face while they conducted a test of the technology in London. The authors found just eight correct matches were made out of 42 suggested matches in total. The technology allows for the real-time biometric processing of video imagery to p- identify protect- particular individuals. But uh, not, a, not a high accuracy level, according to the investigators. Accuracy of the watch list data also remains a challenge. 
um, data relevant to watch list is spread across different databases, so it's hard to uh, integrate them. The report said it's possible for such software to be integrated into police body-worn cameras, but the police don't turn them, always turn them on. The uh, professors are calling for all live trials of live facial recognition to be ceased until these concerns are addressed. They noted it is essential that human rights compliance is ensured before deployment and that there be an appropriate level of public scrutiny and debate on the national level. How about public opinion polls? They work really well for new... The report raises significant concerns regarding the human rights law compliance of the trials. Unfortunately, says the, uh, one of the researchers, the impression is that human rights compliance was not built into the Metropolitan Police's systems from the outset, not an integral part of the process. Imagine my surprise. Don't cover your face. So dance to samba, so dance to samba. Vai, 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 vai. So dance to samba, so dance to samba. Vai. So dance to samba, so dance to samba. Vai, 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 vai. So dance to samba, so dance to samba. Vai. Já dancei o twist até demais Mas não sei, me cansei Do calypso ao tchá-tchá-tchá Só danço samba, só danço samba Vai, 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 vai Só danço samba, só danço samba Vai Thank you. 
from New Orleans. This is Le Show. Come on, take shelter with me. Uh, Fourth of July came and went. Two different events in Washington, D.C., the nation's capital. One, the traditional fireworks. And two, the uh, Salute to America, <laughs> conceived by uh, President Trump. Um, not only did he... Now, look. Uh, ooh, I did, I did a Joe Biden. Come on, man. Uh, I am, am not one to criticize anyone for avoiding in any way possible the disaster that was the Vietnam War. Even bone spurs. But, you know, then to turn around and say every all the young people now should go into the military. I guess, I guess because what the uh the war in Afghanistan is is going much better than the war in Vietnam. He did that, the president did, but he, he basically stayed on uh, on script, on teleprompter, even though he said there was a problem with the prompter, which led him at one point to, uh, in his recounting of American history, proud history that he was recounting, uh, to describe the action of the Continental Army under Washington in uh, freeing the airports back then, the airports, those airports back then. But he 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 didn't politicize the event the way most uh, of his critics expected him to, and um, to his apparently delighted surprise, uh, there were these flyovers of aircraft from all the services, and um, the skies were full. Let's put it that way, uh, of both the fireworks at one end and uh, the flyovers at the other end of the mall, um, and. Uh, then the Supreme Court dealt what appeared to most observers to be a um, final blow against the administration's plans to insert into the census form for the 2020 census a question about whether the respondent was or was not an American citizen, uh, a fraught subject in the time when the immigration thing is uh, all over the news, especially with the reports this week from Congress people and uh, sources in the New York Times about what things are like down at the border. Anyway, the Supreme Court, led by John Roberts, the uh, Chief Justice, slapped down the attempt to put the censors, census question, the citizenship question in the census, uh, saying the administration had apparently not been quite upfront with the court about its reason for wanting to insert the question, citing, the court did, uh, evidence that had become public of a communication between a consultant in 2016 and uh, Republicans, the consultant who had experience in this stuff, uh, said, boy, a question like that would uh, discourage some uh, Latinos from responding, and that'd be good for the GOP. So as I say, that seemed to be the, uh, the final note on the subject. The Commerce Department under Wilbur Ross uh, said it was already printing the, the forms without the question because they got to get the forms printed so they can do the census, which has got to get done. And then <laughs> President Trump tweeted, uh-uh, we're, we're going to go forward with trying to get that question on the form. And uh, reports in the major papers said folks were scrambling behind the scenes at both the Commerce Department's 
and the Justice Department to figure out a legal way, perhaps by executive order, to make that happen. In short... This week, for the first time, when initiatives get stymied, the Stymied Get Initiative. And for the businessman turned chief executive, that's more than just a silly play on words. It's as serious as a bone spur. So, Mr. Attorney General, you enjoying your holiday weekend? Well, I, I was, sir, uh, until... Until we sent Air Force One to get you and bring you to my golf course, right? Well, strictly speaking, when you're not on board, it's not Air Force One. It's just... It's just Air Force Two. Believe me, I know all this crap, Bill. I'm a very smart person, believe me. Well, I do know that, sir. I think of it as Air Force One because I only see it when I'm on it. Of course, that's that's only natural. So why do you think I dragged you away from your lovely wife and your beautiful kids? <laughs> By the way, the older girl, she already needs some work. I... So look... We gotta get this citizenship question on the census. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we're gonna have a disaster on our hands like the world has never seen. Well, in all fairness, sir, we have done some very good censuses without that question being on the form. See, so, that's like my generals who told me we've had some very good Fourth of Julys without flyovers. Mm -hmm. Very good as crap. Mm -hmm. Very good as for pictures from Queens. Mm -hmm. In this administration, we only do best. I understand that, sir. Well, what's the First Lady's mission statement, or whatever the hell it's called? Uh, frankly, at this moment in time, I, Be I can't... Be best. Be best. Mm -hmm. Where do you think she got that from? You think they have branding like that in Slovenia? They can't even name the country right. What is that? Home of the slobs? <laughs> well, well, as to the census form... Yeah. Uh, we have senior people in my Justice Department coordinating with senior people over at Commerce. Good. We think the executive order thing might fly, but there's still a few little wrinkles uh, that we have to check out. Bill, mm -hmm. do you remember Jeff Sessions? Jumpy Jeff Sessions? My predecessor, sir, I remember he him. He was right. a little wrinkles kind of guy. Mm -hmm. You I brought in because everybody told me you were a big wrinkles person. <laughs> the biggest. Uh -huh. So, I mean... What if the census is late? It's the government's deadline, right? What's the government going to do? Punish the government? Uh, it's really a constitution thing, sir. Ah, you're talking like all those judges. Constitution this, constitution that. Where is it written that I have to do what the constitution says all the freaking time? Well, for one place, sir, in the, uh, in the oath of office, you took on inauguration day. Yeah. Well, isn't it something that crowd... That's what ticked off the Democrats so much. Crowd that huge, and it wasn't for that precious Obama. And they, they, still, they can't let go of it. Okay, look, Bill. We should have some kind of way forward to an executive order, or not, by midweek. Here's your task for this week. Mm -hmm. Get me an executive order I can sign by midweek. Or not. Not or not? No, not. <laughs> This is about promises kept. Mm -hmm. Where's the freaking wall? Screwed by judges. Where's the Muslim ban? Screwed by judges. Don't do a sessions on me. <laughs> Let us screw the judges for a change. So, can you do it? I'll give it my very best shot, sir. Hey, speaking of which, I gotta hit the green. You can get back on Air Force... whatever. Well, it was worth the trip. I learned a big lesson. Never again talking to him about wrinkles. General Dunford. Yes, sir. You can't.
came in on one of your own planes. <laughs> well, sir, they're the government's planes, but uh, yes, I didn't fly commercial, if that's what you mean. Nobody flies commercial to Bedminster. That's what makes this place so classy. Mm. Too bad you didn't do a flyover on the way in here, right? <laughs> I mean, wasn't that thing at the mall just dynamite? That was must-see TV, and it wasn't on NBC. How does that make sense? Sir, I've never understood the media. In my line of work, I don't have to. You just see it, you shoot it, right? <laughs> okay, General Joe. You and your team were great on the 4th of July. We made Macy's eat their heart out. Thank you, sir. We did have to do a few special things to free the funding for... Hey, what you had to do, you did. That's exactly why I've got this new task for you. It's special, like you. Sure, I'm just another grunt with some fruit salad slapped on. <laughs> Sounds like the food of the clubhouse here. <laughs> but, you know, you spend it on the food or you spend it on the greens. And since I don't eat here... Sir, uh, you mentioned a task. Right, right. Look, General, you saw the reviews of the flyovers on the 4th. Well, I didn't really... The best reviews. Braves the likes of which you've never seen. Well, I've never seen any. So I'm asking myself, when's the next time we can do something like this? Well, Veterans Day would be appropriate. Yeah, but veterans don't do flyovers. That's what they tell me. You gotta be active, active duty. duty. That's correct, sir. So here's the deal. Mm -hmm. How does Thanksgiving sound? Well, I, I guess it sounds like people eating. How does the Thanksgiving holiday sound for the next flyover thing? Mm. Okay. I'm out in the Rose Garden, mm -hmm. pardoning the turkeys, mm -hmm. and here come some B-whatevers, some F-whatevers, maybe some Blue Angels. Sure, I'm just trying to understand the, uh, the connection to Thanksgiving. Okay. Maybe just as I pardon the two turkeys on the stage, the fighter jets release a hundred turkeys, and they... They fall to the ground and die? They got little parachutes, okay? Why do I have to be the genius all the time? Can we do it? I'm just going to take the liberty of answering the last question, sir. Honestly... General, do me a favor mm -hmm. put a cork in it. Every time somebody around here starts a sentence with, honestly, I know they're revving up to tell me that they won't do what I want. Here's the deal. Mm -hmm. I'll be the honest guy around here. Like the most honest guy, right? What? Your job is just to make the Thanksgiving flyover happen. What's the point of having generals if they can say no? Oh, Mr. President, I'm not saying no. Well, what are you saying? I'm going to check on turkey-sized parachutes and get right back to you, sir. Here's the thing. If you didn't have so many medals already, I'd give you another one right now. Dismissed at ease. New team, new tasks, same mission. We're going to make Thanksgiving great again. Now, the world is his boardroom. The Presidentis. This week, if you miss a little, you miss the point. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the apologies of the week. We're so sorry. sorry. The creator and star of Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, Jerry Seinfeld, playfully tweet what he considers copycats of his streaming series. Now he's apologized to an English actor whose own car-based comedian interview show came first. He uh, reeled off a list of supposed copycats, Carpool Karaoke, Alec Baldwin's Love Ride, comedians watching football with friends, funny Uber rides. These were all real shows, Seinfeld explained. 
English actor Robert Llewellyn, best known for playing an android in the long-running UK sci-fi comedy Red Dwarf, took note of it and tweeted, This is only of any interest because the original carpool started a full three years before Jerry and his pals copied it. LOL. In his 2009 web series and TV spinoff, Carpool, Llewellyn chatted with comics such as Stephen Fry and other celebrities. Seinfeld then tweeted an apology to Robert Llewellyn, had not heard of Carpool. Of course, Joe Biden apologized on Saturday for his remarks about working with segregationists during his time in the Senate, again stopping short of saying it was wrong to work with them amid a defense of his broader civil rights record. Now, I was wrong a few weeks ago to somehow give the impression to people that I was praising those men who I successfully opposed time and again. Yes, I was. I regret it. I'm sorry for any of the pain or misconception that I caused anybody, he said during a speech to a mostly black audience in Sumter, South Carolina. He prefaced his apology by saying the Senate was full of segregationism at the time. Come on, man. A company connected to the street gang Nipsey Hussle was affiliated with before his passing has issued an official apology to the late rapper's family. An official for Crips LLC confirmed the gang will no longer move forward with attempting to trademark Nipsey's signature phrase, the marathon continues, and they've apologized for any issues they may have caused. There will be absolutely no trademark legal battle between their organization and Black Sam, brother of the late Nipsey Hussle, said the corporate communications director for Crips LLC. William King Hollis. They respectively vowed to support the wishes of the family, the Asgheden uh, family, the real name of Nipsey Hussle. He also apologized to Nipsey's fans and revealed they've already spoken with his family privately. We're deeply sorry for any disruption and melee that the trademark acquisition may have caused to his family, friends, and fans. We realize the actions may have been offensive and we've reached out to his family. And no, 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 no idea here whether there's a uh, Bloods LLC involved in the fight. Crips LLC, ladies and gentlemen, we've lived that long. The Italian airline Alitalia was fiercely criticized this week after releasing an ad on social media that featured an actor wearing blackface playing former President Barack Obama. Don't tell Joe. Come on, man. The ad was one of four Italian-language videos made to promote the airline's recently announced nonstop flight from Rome to Washington, others depicting other presidents. The video featuring the character of President Obama quickly elicited angry comments on YouTube and Facebook. What else is new? Mostly written in Italian. The company apologized and said it would remove the ad from all its social media channels. It said the actor playing Mr. Obama was not Caucasian and makeup was applied to highlight features. Alitalia deeply apologizes for the offense caused by the promotional video. For our company, respect for everyone is mandatory. It was never our intention to hurt anyone, and we will learn from what has happened. Don't don't do highlights. The director of an Abu Dhabi-based oil company, whose employees were involved in a mass brawl between local and foreign workers in an oil field in western Kazakhstan, got all that, has apologized to the Kazakh people. Kazakh media have reported at the brawl June 29th at the Tengiz oil field. Uh, it erupted after a Lebanese contractor shared an insulting photo of a female Kazakh colleague on a messaging app. Naming the employee by name, the uh, director 
of the contractor apologized to all who were offended by the workers' actions. He said it was totally inappropriate incident, didn't comply with the fa- company's values and principles. The employee in question had been fired, and a full investigation would be conducted. Well, he's fired. Why do you need an investigation? He said the situation in Tengiz was stable, and nobody sustained serious injuries in the brawl. The um, company involved that hired the contractor is called Tengiz Chevroil, a joint venture between Chevron, ExxonMobil, Kazmunai Gas, and Lukoil to develop Tengiz, uh, this area in Kazakhstan. I'm going to repeat the name of the company one more time. Tengiz Chevroil. Everything's a portmanteau these days. The Daily Mail claimed the University of Westminster student was a cheerleader for terrorist groups. Now the Mail is apologizing and paying that student, Farah Kutene, substantial damages. Speaking of the Mail, the Mail on Sunday reports, just taking a moment out from the apologies, the Mail on Sunday reports that there's a leaked series of cables from the British ambassador in Washington back to London in which he uh, says the Trump administration is inept and uh, dysfunctional. That, that just in. Uh, USC, the University of Southern California, back to the apologies, has agreed to pay UC San Diego $50 million and to publicly apologize to the school for the way it wrested control of its Alzheimer's disease cooperative study in 2015 during a raid, a talent raid, not any kind of police raid, that led to a highly contentious lawsuit. The move represents an extraordinary turnaround from four years ago when USC took the p- control of the program's data and contracts worth tens of millions of dollars and gave jobs the program's star researcher and some of his staff. Just another thing USC has to apologize for. But don't ask me. I'm a Bruin. A Chicago Cubs minor league affiliate has apologized and tweeted, sorry, deleted a tweet mocking former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick. A day after Nike recalled the sneaker that featured an early American flag at the, the urging of Kaepernick as a flag that flew during times of slavery, the A Tennessee Smokies drew the 13-star symbol on their infield and tweeted images of it. Hey, at Kaepernick7, after a lot of thought, we've decided it's best to just do it. Hashtag America, the tweet said. Connor Peters, marketing community relations manager for the Smokies, double-A Tennessee Smokies, Smokies baseball, told the AP on Wednesday night, it was just a lighthearted take on a current situation. We did not mean to offend anyone by it. If we did, if it did, we certainly apologize. Humor by amateurs. Really amateurs, double A. The Dalai Lama wants to clarify his recent joke that a female Dalai Lama would have to be, quote, more attractive, unquote. He made the controversial comment in a wide-ranging interview with the BBC. He had previously told the British broadcaster four years ago that a future Dalai Lama could be a woman but would have to be good-looking or not much use, quotes, not much use. His Holiness, in a statement released this week by his office, His Holiness generally, genu- genuinely meant no offense. He's deeply sorry that people have been hurt by what he said and offers his sincere apologies. The Dalai Lama, according to his office, has a keen sense of the contradictions between the materialistic, globalized world he encounters on his travels and the complex, more esoteric ideas about reincarnation that are at the heart of Tibetan Buddhism. It sometimes happens, says the office, that off-the-cuff remarks, which might be amusing in one cultural context, lose their humor in translation when brought into another. Unquote. Humor by amateurs. I don't care if everybody's at the Dalai of. Adidas has apologized after trolls took advantage of an automated promotion it was running to send out tweets from the sneaker manufacturer's official account 
calling for the death of Jews. The problem started after Adidas's British subsidiary launched a campaign in which users who retweeted an ad would have their Twitter handle automatically placed on the back of an image of a soccer jersey that would be shared to the firm's more than three-quarters of a million followers. The automated nature of the campaign meant Adidas was unaware when users generated content on its account with usernames such as at Jews. The tweet remained up for hours until it was noticed by Adidas. As part of our partnership launch with Arsenal, we've been made, of the, made aware of the abuse of a Twitter personalization mechanic created to allow excited fans to get their name on the back of a New Jersey. Or just to go to New Jersey, the spokesperson told The Guardian, not mentioning New Jersey. Due to a small minority creating offensive versions of this, we've immediately turned off the functionality, and the Twitter team will be investigating. And they apologized. Sun Country Airlines apologized this week for cancellations of six flights over the weekend, which came abruptly without any notification to passengers. They didn't receive notification until they arrived at the gate because of a misstep in the company's communication system. The company said it had recently upgraded it. So this is an upgraded misstep. An Asian-American woman in Chicago said upon confirming a job interview, a vice president of a local recruiting firm sent her an email containing a commonly known racist phrase. Me love you long time, reads an email that Connie Chung said was accidentally sent to her by Jim McMahon, vice president of Chicago Search Group. That is uh, apparently a phrase from uh, the film Full Metal Jacket. I was just shocked, says uh, she says. The email was intended for McMahon's superior, Brian Haw, listed as the president of the company. McMahon apologized to Chung for the offensive remark. I called Connie today to apologize directly to her. This was an isolated incident that will not happen again, and my sincerest apologies apologies go out to Connie and anyone else who was offended by this statement. It was intended for my business partner of over a decade, who was also my college roommate. Come on, man. The White Sox apologized. Chicago White Sox apologized for including a photo of Emmett Till, who was lynched in 1955 in Mississippi during a scoreboard segment about Chicago celebrities that appeared during Saturday's game. After meeting with Jewish leaders, uh, Orange County Assemblyman Tyler Dipp apologized this week for political mailers that appeared to employ ethnic stereotypes. Uh, The parents who left the Alameda County Fair in Pleasanton in shock on Saturday night after their children were exposed to a sexually suggestive movie mistakenly playing at the magical Midway Funhouse. Livid, said one, talking to a local TV station, saying she wasn't the only livid parent. The 1999 R-rated movie Pirates Blood Brothers was looping on the monitor at the Funhouse. It was a mix-up. It was supposed to be the 1952 Burke Lancaster film Crimson, Crimson Plow. The fair apologized. Wrong kind of fun at the funhouse. We deeply apologize. And uh, finally, famous Twitch gamer guy, Dr. Disrespect Bame, streamed his way into serious trouble at the E3 big gamer convention. He uh, live-streamed from public bathrooms and uh, offered an apology. On behalf of the Dr. Disrespect brand, I apologize for this, he said. On behalf of Dr. Disrespect, the apologies of the week, ladies and gentlemen, copyrighted feature of this broadcast.
Hey, if you're planning to go to the Tokyo Olympics next year, you'll be prohibited from posting any video you take. The IOC encourages fans to be active on social networks, but the rules are meant to protect the huge investments companies like NBC have made to broadcast the games. Why? Because your phone video is going to be as good as NBC's cameras? Eh. Organizers face a dilemma. Young people appear to feel less of a connection with the Olympics. But the uh, ban on uploading video is not limited to images of competition. Even video of the crowd or of one's only own family may not be uploaded to social media. Because it's a movement. Sounds more like a business to me. I got my hat, I got my umbrella, I got uh, my tent, I'm going back outside. So that's it for this week's edition of the show. Program returns next week, probably indoors as well. Same time on this radio station, your time, on your audio device of choice. And it'd be just like the heat advisory being lifted. If you'd agree, if you'd agree to join with me then, would you already? Thank you very much, uh-huh. Chapeau to the San Diego, Pittsburgh, Chicago, and Hawaii desks. Thanks as always to Pam Halstead and to Garrett Pittman here at WWNO New Orleans for help with today's program. The email address for this program still working. Your chance to get Cars I Talk t-shirts always working. And uh, the music you heard here on. It's on a playlist. That's all at harryshearer.com. And me, thank you for asking. I'm on Twitter at theharryshearer. Don't troll me. The show comes to you from Century of Progress Productions and originates through the facilities of WWNO New Orleans flagship station of the Change is Easy radio network. So long from the Crescent City.